Tappers, what's up? It is the Wednesday edition of the Daily Tap. I know you're not doing well. I usually say I hope you're doing well. I know a lot of us are hurting right now. We're hurt, dog. Don't ask us if we're all right. Giannis said dominate, and we ain't doing it. Um, Seriously, uh, what a bad loss for the Milwaukee Bucks. We will talk about it all. We will get into, I think, every topic we can. We'll get into Kevin Durant's legendary performance. We'll get into... To why Giannis Antetokounmpo is catching some unnecessary slander. We'll get into Drew Holiday's awful second half. We'll get into Mike Budenholzer not attacking James Harden as much as he should. We'll get into Steve Nash kind of selling out for Game 5. And why I wonder if that's going to come back and bite them in the ass. And we'll, I'm sure we'll open it up to a lot more. We're going to roll the ball out here. It is free talk collapse. Also, to why this can't be considered one of Wisconsin's sport, worst sports losses yet. We're not there yet. We have a few games to go before we can make that officially a thing. So we got a lot of things to talk about. I kind of might want to talk about baseball at the end with the whole substance stuff. But I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm not sure if I just want to do one and done here. Because I think all of us are going to want to talk about the Bucks. I think the we're all rubbed raw. We're all hurting. It's all. It's not going to be a fun Wednesday, whether you're in the cubes or you're hanging out on Zoom. It is going to be a depressing day. And I don't know if I felt felt like the Bucks had it heading into halftime. I it was we were up 16. I had a few people reach out and ask me how I felt. I almost feel more nervous when I start getting texts from more people. Um, just because I know everybody's engaged, which I love, right? I, nothing wrong with being engaged. But I, I do worry sometimes. Like, I'm like, oh my God, everybody's kind of on board. We're all in this together. And my fiance watched a game with me tonight and said, like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, you just got to step on the throat. Like, there were, I felt like there was a moment there where you could have blown them out and it would have been not a game. And the Bucks at one point were up 17 into the third quarter and then it all fell apart jeff green got hot kevin durant did his thing and the bucks lost the game and it's hard to figure out where to start but i know a lot of people will be killing mike budenholzer today and i think it's warranted marty schottheimer of basketball as i've called him in the past um and when i've been very critical of mike budenholzer first thing you got to remember would start out this the Bucks wanted Budenholzer back. Giannis wanted Budenholzer back. That was what they had sort of set. But Mike Budenholzer has had a problem in the last few years where he hasn't been able to stop the bleeding in these type of situations. Remember, the Bucks were 15 in Game 6 against Toronto. They could have forced a Game 7 in that situation, going back to Milwaukee. And the Bucks could not get it done. They blew that lead. If you remember, the Bucks were up by 14 points in the third game of their series against Miami. Again, that was blown, and the Heat then were to take a 3-0 lead. Giannis was to get hurt in that game four, but Chris Middleton had an amazing performance to bring them back. But the Bucks could have at least made it a 2-1 series. And then tonight, you have a 17-point lead, and that goes to shit. So it happens once, fool me once, happens again, you know, I'm the fool and fool me three times. Well, what the fuck are we doing here? And I don't really understand why Mike Budenholzer didn't at least try some different things with Kevin Durant and why he didn't throw a couple double teams at him. And 
I think it goes back. Oh, I want to talk about the Harden thing in a second here, but let's start there. Durant, like, I don't understand why he wasn't just going after a double team. Where Why Durant wasn't getting multiple bodies thrown at him. Why the physical nature of P.J. Tucker wasn't there with Chris Middleton, who I thought did a lot of that in the game four. And why Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't face up against Durant at any point. That Giannis didn't say, all right, this is my guy. I am taking him. This is what I want to do. And he does listen to coaches. He's very loyal. That's part of Giannis Antetokounmpo's charm, right? But he needed to take Kevin Durant. I fully endorse the fact that Giannis should have picked up Durant at some point in the fourth quarter. Even if it was for a couple quarters, a couple this, that, and the other, he should have picked up Durant. And if Giannis wasn't going to do it, Budenholzer should have forced him to do it. And if they got beat inside by somebody else, so be it. But Giannis Antetokounmpo did not step up there. And that's going to be a mark against his legacy if, if the Bucs can't pull this back. If the Bucs can't pull this back, this is going to be another stain on Giannis's playoff resume. But in a lot of ways, his playoff resume has a long way to go. We just talked about the window stuff yesterday with Drew Holiday. Um, but I, I don't want to, I want to save Giannis for a little bit later as we're kind of rapping here about Bud. So the other part is Bud didn't really attack James Harden, that James Harden did not get enough sort of, they didn't hunt screens. They didn't try to make sure that James Harden was guarding a variety of players. I will think about that Giannis fadeaway for a long fucking time. I will. I, I, it'll be hard to etch that out of your head, but that will really be all I'm thinking about. For a long time, the Bucks were tied or either or down one, and all Giannis had to do there was take it right at Harden, and he didn't. And why? I don't know. I, I really don't. I can't explain that. But why they didn't do more to just attack Harden, and it should have been the Drew Holiday game. Now, Drew Holiday got some foul in foul trouble early on, and maybe that was part of the problem, right? Maybe part of the problem was that Holiday was in foul trouble early and it threw him off for the rest of the game. But the idea that Budenholzer didn't just attack hard and relentlessly is mind-numbing. And a part of me wonders, and I've I've wondered this for a while, uh, is that Mike Budenholzer, does he just not have the capability to make adjustments on the fly? Like, is he just so set in his ways of like, here's my game plan and that they almost planned for a game plan without James Harden. And if that's the case, why wasn't anything added? Why didn't they make in-game adjustments? I think for we've seen some good stuff from Mike Budenholzer. It was kind of funny because, you know, as you're watching a game, I don't know about you guys, probably not because you don't have a podcast, you don't have a review. I, I watch for things and I say, all right, I want to mention this. And like one of the things I did want to mention was like the Bucks from a, sort of how they figured out how to play Bucks basketball again and moving the basketball and everything sort of went well. And I was going to give credit to the coaching staff of really kind of pulling them out and, and deserving that credit. Yet the second half was the opposite of that. And the fact that no one was able to pull the Bucks out of that sort of hole, out of that funk to say, all right, you got to figure this shit out. You got to sort of do less with the ISO and you got to do more with moving this basketball around the court, not necessarily one-on-one hoops because it wasn't working. 
Yet Mike Boonholzer didn't do that. And he didn't attack James Harden. And the fact that James Harden didn't wasn't the guy they're going directly at for the entire game makes zero sense. Remember, Devin Booker did that immediately on Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis said uncle. James Harden didn't say uncle. He played on one leg for thirty min- for almost 40 minutes. And we'll get to him in a little bit. But that, to me, is something Mike Boonholzer couldn't do. And I get the idea that they were using Elijah Bryant to steal minutes because they were in foul trouble in the second quarter. But at some point, but I can also say invertly or inversely, the Bucks could have easily blown the doors off Brooklyn in the second quarter and foul trouble wouldn't have even fucking mattered. They, they had the momentum. They had everything going for them. And yet because Budenholzer was so worried about potentially not having these guys for the fourth quarter or the third quarter, he kept rotating guys instead of just playing his best bodies. And if he played his best bodies, I think the Bucks might have been up 20, up 25, and we would be already we'd be talking about a potential clinch in Milwaukee. Instead, the Bucks will be fighting for their lives on Thursday night. So I do wonder if Bud has some regret when it comes to that because it was right there for Milwaukee and they just didn't take advantage. Now for Giannis Antetokounmpo, a lot of weird, lazy narratives are happening with Giannis. Um, there being people who are like, Giannis you know, was allowed to shoot as many threes as he wanted. I saw that from some NFL writer. He's two of four from threes. Giannis missed his free throws tonight. He was four of seven. He was pretty good from the line. That's kind of his average. And so it's like, it's hard for me to sometimes look at these narratives to say like, all right, this is kind of lazy. I get the not playing defense on Durant. I get the idea of that not taking it strong against James Harden. I also don't understand why Mike Boonholzer didn't call a timeout after the first made free throw for Giannis. Why not set up a missed free throw play to say, all right, if the ball gets knocked out, even they could get a quick two and they still have a chance. Then they foul and they go down for a three with no timeouts. And you draw up that subsequent play if you need to. But that none of that happened. And I don't really consider Giannis's game choke-worthy. You can say, yes, he didn't pick up Durant. That will be a big thing that people will talk about. That will be a discussion t- tomorrow to today. It will be something that is talked about all offseason if the Bucks end up losing. And they don't make it. But there's still time for Giannis to write this legacy. This isn't over today. This is game five. This isn't a five-game series. Seven-game series. The Brooklyn Nets still have to win one more game. So there's still time for Giannis to shut the haters the fuck up. He could. He very well could. He had 34 points and 11 rebounds, and I think he only missed eight shots. Made a couple threes. It's hard to be mad at Giannis tonight. It is. Like, I, I know that seems crazy because he dropped that pass and he had the fadeaway against Harden. He had some brutal late game stuff. Giannis just has to think. He has to slow down. I have a problem with that in my personal life, right? I don't necessarily always think through situations and it gets me into trouble. And Giannis needs to think through situations a little bit more. The situational awareness just isn't there. He dropped that ball because he was thinking about dunking. He was thinking about that moment. Instead of just grabbing the basketball, going up to the basket, whether it's a dunk, whether it's a layup, it doesn't matter. 
the fadeaway against Harden was again a moment of I want this kind of moment against Harden and not necessarily just taking it to the rack and doing what I'm good at. Giannis wants to prove that he's more than just a post player. And I think it's killing the Bucks. And I don't think there's one coach that has said to him, look, man, you can be a post monster. Like if Giannis got that hook shot down or the floater down, or even just one mid-range game, whether it's the the fadeaway, whether it's the, the elbow jumper, doesn't matter. And as I think Bomani Jones said after game four, like Hakeem Olajuwon should be knocking down Giannis's door and, or, or vice versa. Giannis should be working with Hakeem all summer. Just work on every post move that Hakeem has because Giannis could be the next Hakeem if he wants to be. But it's it's tough, man. It's that it's it, so it's weird, right? So you heard all the stuff that I mentioned, good, and then I I said the bad stuff as well. And I think with Giannis, it's hard to always pile on the bad because there was there were there were good things. And look, he didn't get a ton of help from his supporting cast. Chris Middleton went eight of twenty. Drew Holiday went six of fifteen after a hot start. And so if for math majors out there, that's 14 to 35. That's not going to always get it done. Or I think 14 to 36, excuse me. That's not always going to get it done. And Holiday made some really puzzling decisions down the stretch. And I don't know if he wanted his moment. I don't know if he wanted it to be the Drew Holiday game. Sometimes you see that. I mean, it kind of was a little bit of what Bruce Brown had in game three, right? Where Bruce Brown has this incredible quarter. Now, Drew Holiday is way better than Bruce Brown. Don't get me wrong. But follow me here. Bruce Brown has this awesome first half. Everybody's talking about Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's having his moment. Looks like it's the Bruce Brown game. And then he kind of takes away from Durant and Irving in the fourth quarter. And just isn't that good. I felt like that was kind of what Holiday was doing. Like Holiday was red hot early. Had his game going. And he tried to do way too much. Now, I do think what hurts Holiday is Giannis taking the ball up the court. And Holiday isn't able to initiate the offense. And so sometimes I think he's overly iso-dominant because he doesn't get the ball enough. So I do think that's something that, whether it's Budenholzer or a new coach next year, definitely needs to work on. It's an adjustment they could make this year, but I'm that, that to me feels like a fat chance. So Reggie Miller had a take. And a lot of people disagreed with it. I was one of the few that did not. And here's what Reggie Miller said. I will read it to you, the people. I'm going to throw this out there to see what responses will be. If you're Steve Nash and the Nets, would you sit James Harden and Kevin Durant in game six because of the heavy minutes tonight and push all your chips into the center of the table for game seven? Everybody is roasting Reggie Miller. Everybody is absolutely roasting Reggie Miller. It is quite interesting. Now, that said, I don't think it's that terrible of a fucking take. I I really don't. I, I really don't think it's that bad of a take by Reggie Miller. Look, they sold out for game five. They absolutely put their lives on the line for game five. 
it didn't make a ton of sense to me in the moment. And maybe it's a young coach saying, all right, we need to win this game. So everybody, so Durant's playing 48 minutes. Harden's playing over 40 minutes. And it doesn't matter. Does Steve Nash know, like, the series didn't end? They didn't win this series. They have still two more games, potentially. Are you really telling me that Kevin Durant, who's had injury problems this year, and has had injury problems in his career, that Kevin Durant's just going to spring to life after one day of rest and a flight, mind you? I don't know. James Harden, who's on like one leg, is going to, and has a soft tissue injury, mind you, is going to go on a plane where soft tissue injuries can inflame, and then he's going to play against Milwaukee in, in game six. I would be, I actually could see Brooklyn not playing Harden in game six and saying, all right, we have Jeff Green, we have Blake Griffin, we have Durant. If we win this game, awesome. If we don't, no big deal. We go back to Brooklyn, we have Durant, we have Harden, and maybe we'll have Kyrie. Maybe that will be possible. But we don't know. We don't know what will transpire here. And if Nash decides to roll him out again, that could be one of the best things for the Bucks. And everybody kills Boone. It would be really ironic, by the way, too, if for all the shit that Mike Boonholzer gets about minutes and, and everything like that, if he turns out to be right at the end because the Nets players just run out of gas. Nash sold this, sold out for this. And I just don't know if it's the smartest move. He might be right, but he also could, this could backfire spe- spectacularly. Maybe not in this series. Maybe they win, but then when they face Philly or Atlanta, they're dog tired. I do have that fear in my head as well. I'll admit, I thought about the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not going to lie. As Mitch said in a, in a text thread, it's like, this is what happens when you believe in the box. But yeah. I looked to see if the Bucks were going to play on Father's Day because that would have been a nightmare planning situation for my father and I. They aren't. Thank God. They're playing Monday night. I thought about, wow, they still have another another series to go before they can, they can make it to the finals. I had that thought multiple times today. This does humble you a little bit. It does bring you back. But it's going to be really curious to see what they do in Game 6 because... This team gave it their all. And I'm not saying the Bucks didn't, okay? But the fact is, is like, they have enough bodies to compete. I don't know if Brooklyn does. So we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. And obviously the biggest game six in Milwaukee since the Ray Allen 2001 game against Philadelphia, where he had 41 points and just an iconic performance from Ray Allen. In that one, and the Bucks blew out Philadelphia and went to Game Seven, and then you know how that went. And, and it's a—I wouldn't say that's in the like upper echelon of bad Wisconsin losses. Probably forgotten, right? It's it's way down there. Bucks got beat pretty good. I think they might have only scored seventy-one points in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna look that up. 2000 was a wild time and I've, I've looked at that series a few times throughout the years to be like oh what happened there but let's see here Eastern Conference oh no no it wasn't that that less of points 
it was 108 to 91. So yeah, the Bucks did not play well in that one, but then they blew out. They blow. They, it looked a lot closer than it was. Iverson ended up having 46 points in that game six. Ray Allen had 41. Was incredible. But the Bucks, if you wanted to compare this, now granted this was an Eastern Conference Finals, not semifinals. The Bucks did lose Game Five to Philadelphia and lost eighty-nine to eighty-eight. And I believe Big Dog missed a shot to lose that game, if I'm not mistaken. If you want even more sort of weird Bucks stuff, they were down three-two to the Hornets that year, and then they came back and won Game. Six, which was in Charlotte, and then Game Seven at home. I remember that Game Seven well. I believe it was a Sunday afternoon when the Bucks got it done. But that's a little history lesson because I know a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, here we go with Wisconsin sports. Here we go yet again." I'm not there yet. I think we're a little bit overdoing this heartbreak stuff. I think that I say this all the time, and I probably sound like a broken record, but when you have a good team, when you have a good franchises as Milwaukee does with both the Bucks, the Brewers, and then in Green Bay with the Packers, you're going to have a lot more heartbreak. You just are. Detroit fans would kill for this kind of heartbreak on a regular basis from their football, baseball, hockey, and basketball teams. Same with Cleveland, right? Cleveland had a little bit with the Browns, but that was it. They haven't had it with the Cavs since LeBron left. They haven't had it really with their baseball team since 2016. There are some painful, painful cities that don't even get to experience this, that haven't had to deal with this sort of sports pain. And we're kind of lucky to be a part of it, but unfortunately, this is the consequence. I said at one point, I hate being a sports fan to my fiance. And I was standing, it was eight minutes left. I had just a pit in my stomach. But that's what it is. That's what happens. And I love the fact that I was at the Brat House for game three and game four. And that the Brat House has been this lucky place. And yeah, we didn't go for game five. And do I regret it? Kind of. Kind of not, though. It was Tuesday night. Like, look, as much of it as I am a degenerate, I'm not 24. I think if I was 24, I would be regretting it. I'd be like, what, what the fuck? Why didn't we go there? But I will be there Thursday night. I'll be there Saturday night. I might stay. I might just camp out. I might just tell them like, hey, look, I'm going to set up a tent. If you guys could just kind of get me a steady diet of wings, brats, like that's where I'll be. Because yes, we will guide the Bucks to victory. We're 3-0 there. We will end 5-0. It'll be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. And we're not going to do this Wisconsin dopey heartbreak shit just yet. Let's at least wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. If they lose on Thursday, for sure. Let's talk about it. Let's rank it, as we always do. If they lose on Saturday, let's rank that then. But we're not there yet. And I tweeted this out with about 10 minutes left. I think the game was tied. Maybe the Nets were up one. And I said, you have 10 minutes to rewrite your history of who... Everybody, including the fans, think you are. And they didn't do it. Then, for the next two games, that same commentary stays the same. The Bucks can rewrite everything. 
And it, in a weird way, if you want to talk about heartbreak, if you want to talk about having your heart just torn out of your fucking chest, how this really happens is a Game 7 loss. That's a no-brainer. And if it isn't a Game 7 loss, it's losing in 6 to Philadelphia. And then Embiid getting crowned and getting flowers thrown at his feet. And let me also say this really quickly, just an aside. I would love to like, and I, I won't do it because I have a job and I don't care that much. But I'd really love to watch the tape between whatever was said about Embiid yesterday in the national media and what is said about Giannis today. Because, not to make it a pissy match, but Embiid was so much worse than Giannis in that game. But yes, if they met, that's the collapse right there. If you want the collapse, it's like them having a 2-1 lead against Philadelphia and then blowing it down the stretch and Philly ends up winning the series and Bede is crowned over Giannis and that's it. Or Jay Crowder haunts the Bucks yet again and beats them, beats them in the NBA Finals. But I think if the Bucks even got to the NBA Finals, I think that would be a major accomplishment for this team. And a major win. But obviously it starts on Thursday night. With your backs against the wall. And we'll see how they do. I think there are some that might think the Bucks aren't mentally tough enough to do it. And that they haven't showed the fortitude, the balls, the huevos to make this type of thing happen. But as I said, you can prove a lot of people wrong on Thursday night. If you prove those people wrong, guess what? They, those same motherfuckers will say, they're just going to lose in game seven. Why should I care? You prove them wrong again. I don't want this to end. I'll be honest. I've had so much fun. I, the Brad House stuff, man, has been such a good time. And seriously, if you can come, come Thursday, come hang with us. It was Mitch and I, the Retro Daddy, his fiance, on, on Sunday. We had a great time. And he saw it and they saw it firsthand. I believe it's $3 Domestic Tall Boys on Thursday nights too. So I, even more reason to come join us and just bullshit. We'll have a great time, I promise. Um, and you'll just hear Mitch and I probably yell things that we shouldn't and at a bar. But I don't want it to be over. And I, I don't know. I still feel confident. Is that weird? Is that like, I don't know if I'm one of one here. But I am still really confident in this basketball team. They play two great quarters, maybe one great quarter, one kind of ah quarter. And then they fell apart in the second half for the reasons we mentioned. And that Kevin Durant was fucking incredible. And I didn't probably say enough about Kevin Durant. And I know I've talked a lot about the Bucks, and I'll sign off here pretty soon. But Kevin Durant was just out of his mind today. And... I think sometimes you have to realize, even with all the collapse, even with all the criticism, sometimes the best player on the court just shows himself. And that's what Durant did. And that was up there with things we've seen from LeBron, things we've seen from Jordan, things we've seen from Bird, things we've seen from Magic. Sometimes the best player on the court just can't be fucking stopped. And that, that's it. And maybe the only way he can be stopped is if someone engages him in a duel. But Giannis really wasn't in that mode. And nor is he a guy who can duel back and forth. Some of those big Chris Middleton shots, 
that were there in game three did not show up in game five. And that's part of it as well. So getting beat by a legend sucks. I hope that it's just a blip on the NBA playoffs if the Bucks can win the next two games. So back tomorrow, uh, we'll talk. I don't know if Mitch and I are going to get together. Maybe. A little tap in the keg. Game six gut check as well as talk game seven and what could be on the horizon. And then we'll, and then also if I don't, either, either that will be my own or Myth Mitch. We'll also talk about the uh, foreign substance stuff in baseball that's tearing the sport apart and yet another reason why Rob Manfred has to go um, and probably recap the Brewers series. Not so hot start. Two straight losses. Uh, first time in a long time you've had the Bucks and Brewers both falling um, in the same day. So that hasn't happened often. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Don't beat yourself up too much. And just remember, we have game six. And if we win that one, weird, there's another one. Survive in advance time. And I'm going to trust the Bucks, And we'll see what happens. All right, take care of yourself. Have a good, good Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. See you. Bye.